Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. It is 41 degrees, 710 in the Twin Cities. Uh, Well, as I was mentioning earlier, are we going to be ready for the Super Bowl? You heard uh, Sloan Martin's story about the buses that are going to go back on the Nicollet Mall and actually they're going to be taken off uh, just in time for the Super Bowl because there's going to be all kinds of events going on all up and down the Nicollet Mall. Well, maybe somebody who can answer that, I'm sure he can, is the Meet Minneapolis CEO, Melvin, CEO Melvin Tennant. Mr. Tennant, thank you so much for coming on. Good evening. How are you this evening? Doing very well, sir. All right. Let me ask you, I guess a lot of people are wondering, especially because of all the construction we've had in the downtown area and around town, is is Minneapolis or the Twin Cities going to be ready for the Super Bowl? I absolutely believe so. We've been planning for this for years. And just to kind of put it in perspective, we originally secured the Super Bowl in 2014, and it was later that year that the Minnesota Super Bowl host committee was formed, led by Maureen Bausch. And she has assembled a fantastic team, and that is really where um, most of the work is taking place. So uh, in conjunction with uh, public and private sectors, all of the uh, financial supporters from uh, various governmental units, um, everyone is on high alert to make sure that all of the promises that were made to the NFL back in 2014 we are all able to live up to. So I feel very confident in that. All right. And, and certainly Maureen Bosch is, is, and I know members of her team, she is an impressive person. And that team, I think absolutely, I am sure they are on top of it. Let me ask you, though, for those people who aren't going to the game, you know, I understand because I work downtown uh, both here at WCCO Radio and WCCO TV downtown is going to be kind of transformed. Can you kind of walk us through what to expect and what's going to happen in terms of maybe even traffic or parking downtown or, you know, people who might have to visit at the government center, that kind of thing? Well, the two highlights of uh, events for, for all, all fans, even those that, those that are not going to the game, first of all, is Super Bowl Live, which is the uh, festival that will take place between 6th and 12th Street on Nicolette uh, for the 10 days leading up to the Super Bowl. So that's that's and, 10 uh, and 10 days. And so that's from 6th yes. to what street? 12th Street. Okay. Right. And um, you, there was just announced uh, just yesterday some of the entertainment lineup with uh, Terry Lewis and Jimmy Jam curating uh, many of the, the musical acts. So those were... Uh, announced uh, yesterday. And so that is one event that absolutely everyone can participate in. And in fact, we would like to uh, say that uh, a million people over the course of those 10 days will visit that Super Bowl Live Festival between 6th and 12th Street. So we're very excited about that. That will really play into the fact that we have such a vibrant downtown anyway with so many residents living there that we'll have a chance to really expose those visitors to what a fantastic city and downtown that we have. 
So Super Bowl Live, and then at the Minneapolis Convention Center, the Super Bowl Experience, which is the fan festival, and it's a, a low-priced ticket, and uh, we're really excited about uh, about the, uh, the the fact that right downtown fans can enjoy both of those those great attractions and uh, really never have to get into a car at all. So that's really, really ex- exciting in my view that we have such great things to do and we have such a compact footprint so that many of those activities will not require anyone to have any sort of transportation at all. Well, let me ask you this. What about the thousands of people that work downtown? Will they be able to still get to their jobs or? Well, the, those those plans are still being finalized, but we are absolutely encouraging uh, office workers to enjoy those festivities. In fact, right now in downtown Minneapolis, I think 40% of our office workers use public transportation anyway. So that's that's a convenient way to still be able to get to work, but also to uh, uh, visit some of those uh, those great attractions, Super Bowl Live and the Super Bowl experience at the convention center. And I know some some businesses are making provisions for their workers to do uh, to maybe telecommute those days. But we absolutely want the uh, uh, all of the the community to enjoy the great activities and not just not just the visitors that are coming in from around the world. And in terms of, um, you know, the announcement about, you know, different kinds of transportation and different kinds of, you know, ways to get that, when, when is that all going to be rolled out? Because 10 days, I mean, I think a lot of people are focusing on the game, which is the fourth, uh, but you're, you're really going back a whole nother week into January, which isn't that far away. No, it isn't. So those plans are being finalized and will be, uh, and information will be re- released very shortly. And, and there's always, there's already been lots of communication with uh, with the building owners through the uh, through uh, the building owners and managers association and through the downtown council, so it won't be news. But the, if all of the official uh, information will be uh, released very very shortly, so um, there's been a great deal of communication taking place. So I don't think anyone will be surprised. You know, one of the things that that, that I know has been discussed is, is that there are a lot of empty storefronts in downtown Minneapolis, right in this area where the the Super Bowl Live will be. Um, are those going to be temporarily filled? I had heard, you know, announcements of possible pop-up stores and that kind of thing. Are we going to see that at all? I know that there's a there's a, a plan and endeavor to have all of those storefronts either covered or occupied, and those plans are still underway. So, again, with 63 days left, if you haven't looked at the countdown clock, I know time is um, time is getting short, but Maureen and uh, other Others are working very hard to make sure that we put our best foot forward. So we feel like we'll be able to uh, to show, uh, again, a very vibrant downtown when the visitors come starting 10 days okay. before that Super Bowl. Well, and I also heard that, for instance, the light rail, it, it will maybe it's just for the game day itself, that that's actually going to be just for people with tickets. Well, but I think Metro Transit has, has, has also made it clear that there are provisions for 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 uh, others that are not going to the game, but it's uh, as part of the security plan is is why that is taking place. But Metro Transit has actually uh, beefed up service significantly so that no one will will be lacking in the ability to utilize their their great service. And and you know you mentioned the security situation, and obviously you can't get into all the details, but I have to imagine that is just an extraordinary effort. 
Well, it is, and I'm, I just feel very, very, uh, very good about the fact that all of our, our local agencies, particularly the Minneapolis Police Department, has been engaged with all of the, the various levels of security for years, having uh, obviously gone to uh, Houston and, and previous Super Bowls just to see what, uh, how other cities are able to, to handle those challenges. We, we know that the Super Bowl is the, is the only annual level one national security event. And so there are all sorts of resources that come along with that. And again, like you said, certainly uh, I'm not equipped to get into that right now, but uh, we, we are looking forward to having a very, very uh, outstanding safe experience for all the fans that are going to be wow. here. Now, now, somebody like you, and we're chatting here with the Meet Minneapolis CEO, Melvin Tennant, I imagine for, for folks like you, um, there, there aren't a whole lot of days off between now and, and this big event. No, we've, and in fact, I, I just want to give a, a huge shout out to our team at Meet Minneapolis and Sports Minneapolis, our affiliate. And we've, we've, uh, made it clear to our, our team to, that we're going to have to defer vacations, uh, for, for a while, but we'll certainly make up for it after the Super Bowl. But literally, this is an all hands on deck for, for Meet Minneapolis, Sports Minneapolis, our entire hospitality community, and, uh, obviously all of the, the other folks that, that have to keep the promises that we made to the NFL back in 2014. But uh, this is an exciting time, uh, a time that it, it's been 26 years since we've hosted a Super Bowl. So I think everyone really is motivated by that fact that we want to put our best foot forward. And also, you also, um, you so you've got all this going on for the fans, but you also have, I imagine, just an enormous contingent of news media coming. And that they, well, they have to be taken care of as well. Absolutely. Uh, 5,000 credentialed media. Wow, okay. There's a, there's a very uh, detailed media uh, plan for them. Uh, obviously, they all have their their uh, their agendas and things that they want to do, but we want to make sure that the media has a uh, has a great time here because obviously well, what they what you and your your colleagues say about Minneapolis is certainly we're looking forward to having it benefit us for years to come with the, with the positive media that we're expecting. Right, and and I remember last time because I was covering it and I was working here, and I think people were just. I, I don't know if it was because the expectations were so low and people were kind of grumpy about coming here uh, because it's obviously a colder climate, but uh, it was just rave reviews. And we expect that. I, I think it's, it's um, with, with all of our visitor promotion, we find that once visitors come here, they have a, a, a very uh, good opinion of us and want to come back. So this is important for us to really do a good job of of uh, impressing all the visitors that are coming because we we very much want those visitors to come back again in the future. You know, it sounds like the, the big things really are going to be this NFL Live experience on the Nicollet Mall and also the the events at the Convention Center that people really can who, who can't afford the the big bucks for a Super Bowl ticket uh, can enjoy those. Are you going to have like shuttle buses or something from you know the, kind of the way they do for the state fair to bring people? you know, park and rides to, so that they can come downtown and, and experience these events? Well, Metro Transit is putting that plan together. Okay. And that will be, uh, again, very released very shortly. But uh, they've been a great partner of ours and looking forward to uh, being able to have people utilize uh, public transportation and get around comfortably without the need to park a car or, or figure out where you're going to park it and um, so all those things are coming together very nicely. Um, okay. So we're, we're very excited about that. Well, it is exciting, and it's 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 kind of hard to believe that it's so close. I mean, you mentioned sixty three days. Sixty three days. That's a, <laughs> you you got it down to the days there. Um, 
And obviously people like yourself are, are working just uh, tirelessly to make sure that this goes over extremely well and, and everything happens perfectly. Uh, Melvin Tennant, thank you so much, sir, for uh, giving us the time this evening. Esme, thank you very much. And uh, let's uh, go Vikings tomorrow. Absolutely. go Vi- wouldn't, wouldn't that be cool if, if the Vikings be. made it? to? I, I feel like I don't want to jinx it, but it's possible. Well, don't, don't worry about it. I mean, that would be very, very groundbreaking. That would be historic. So uh, we'll, we'll see how that goes. All right. Great. Thank you so much. We appreciate it. Thank All you. All right. Thank you. Um, well, it would be historic. I, I still um, – obviously, there are going to be a lot of logistics. It's going to be interesting. I wonder if like all the employers downtown – a suggestion to my bosses at CCOTV, although being in the media, you're not going to get it off. But I think it's going to be hard to get down here for a lot of people who have you know just kind of ordinary jobs to try and do that. But uh, a million people and it's 10 days, 10 days before the big game. That's a long time. 10 days is a long, long time. So – uh, it'll be exciting. It will be interesting to see. We want to thank uh, Melvin Tennant for uh, sharing that with us this evening. All right, we do have to take a quick break. You are listening to News Radio eight three zero. It is seven twenty five in the Twin Cities right now. It is forty one degrees, still quite mild. Uh, not a lot of snow these days. Um, interesting to think about the Super Bowl and all the events here, and I think. The last time it was here back in 91, 91, 92, 91. Um, 92. 92. 92. Okay. One of the, I know that they had this ice palace and it was also very mild and the ice palace was starting to melt and everybody was kind of freaking out but it, it got just cold enough. But uh, I wonder what kind of um, – the weather thing will be definitely a factor. I mean if we have one of our weather – Freezes the deep, 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 deep freeze. That's uh, yes, going to be the, interesting. The Minnesota special, as they like to call it the across the rest of the country. The Minnesota special. Uh, that will be interesting to see. Well, anyway, we've got uh, much more. Ahead. We're going to talk uh, with uh, the owner of the Haven Financial Group, uh, Larry Kellevig, uh coming up after uh, the break in the next half hour. Actually, I wanted to talk to him about uh, – the stock market, the fact that it has been smashing records, it continues to smash records. Some of that was on sort of the predication, uh, the belief that there would be some sort of Republican tax cut bill. Looks like that has happened. And I'd love to see, get his take on that. There are also a lot of stock analysts and experts who feel that we are in a bubble. And uh, depending on you know, what happens both in the, you know, around the world or just here you know, in the United States – what will happen? There also have been a lot of conflicting reports with this tax cut bill. What that'll do to the housing market? Uh, how much people will be able to deduct? Anyway, it's it's a lot going on here. Uh, but what does that mean for you? Uh, your home value? What does it mean if you've got you know any kinds of investments in stocks? Uh, overall, the economy in general. What is his take on that? So it'll be interesting to talk to him about that. Also at eight o'clock, uh, we've got my friend Professor, Professor David Schultz. And he, he and I have, you know, he's always been so gracious to give his time and to talk. And once again, I, I just, I, I think I'm going to begin <laughs> my chat with him is just saying, I, it, it just seems as if the news cycle couldn't get any crazier. Uh, one of the reasons that I really value so much, and I think it's so great of David Schultz to, to give his time to talk to us, is that obviously in terms of political analysis, he does a great job. He also is a law professor, and I know he has worked on sexual harassment training 
for companies, um, you know, warning them sort of the implications of not having standards and policies in place. So we can talk to him uh, about that as well, some of the implications for people like Senator Franken. You heard on Sloan's newscast, if you uh, were here at the top of the hour, uh, the latest woman to come forward, this is the fifth accuser, she says that uh, Senator Franken groped – actually, he was not a senator then. This was in 2003. He was still an entertainer. Uh, she says he groped her breast and she was actually very tearful. I had not, hear that, I'd not heard that sound before. But uh, we'll talk to him about what he thinks about that. Also, um, his take uh, – and also I'll ask him as, as well about this ethics committee investigation. Uh, it sounds like that you know, is not something that, that in the past has resulted in, in pretty strict – you know, censures against members of the Senate. Also want to ask him about the Flynn, the Michael Flynn investigation, because that is a biggie, folks, although not quite as big as uh, it appeared yesterday when a very well-known journalist from ABC News, Brian Ross, reported that his him that part of the plea deal uh, for Michael Flynn to plead guilty to one count of perjury was to actually testify against the president and that he was going to claim, Michael Flynn was going to claim that the president actually ordered these contacts with the Russia, with the Russians. That apparently isn't true. And I, I'm going to try and pull up some of the details when we get into the conversation with David Schultz. But apparently ABC News suspended Brian Ross, who's been there for years. Uh, he's, the, he's been suspended without pay for a month because of this story. So, um, uh, we'll, we'll get the details on that. That is apparently false, or as the president would say, fake news. Uh, anyway, but let's take a quick break because we do want to give you some weather. And then when we come back, we will talk with uh, Larry Kelvig, who is the owner of the Haven Financial Group. Well, if you're keeping an eye out on Wall Street, you have to recognize you saw it smashing records once again, records. And there are a lot of people wondering, is this a bubble? A lot of people thinking that uh, the tax cut proposal that has been uh, arrived at and Washington uh, was something that people, many investors were waiting for, uh, expecting uh, to get. And the president apparently has delivered uh, the Republicans apparently have delivered, although there's got to be a conference committee to come to some agreement. But uh, apparently the market's responding to that. Uh, but joining me is somebody who knows much better than what I know about this subject. Uh, Larry Kalavig is the owner of Haven Financial Group. Larry, thank you so much for coming on. Good evening. All right. Well, let me ask you, first of all, are we in a bubble well, certainly that has been a discussion here for a while. I mean, it's been a discussion for a long while, and it keeps going up. <laughs> it has. We've had a bull market for about nine years. A bubble, I don't know. Is there a lot of confidence that's been built up? Absolutely. This 24,000 milestone, it's fantastic. It just goes on where we advance from the, you know, the Great Recession and so forth. In fact, uh, a lot of uh, investor confidence, 3%, 3.3% growth. Highest since 2014, a bubble. That's why I always caution. The key is her, the key is how long is this going to last? Because you, I mean, it, it it's been so strong and so you know big and and just charging like a locomotive for so long. You know, it's it's something that I think a lot of people are genuinely worried about. What do you say when when clients come to you and say, "What should we do?" 
Well, we have this discussion because, uh, of course, we don't just, you know, we discourage need that need, uh, you know, emotions, knee jerk reactions. But the reality is, for many of our clients who are close to retiring or in retirement, uh, they're at a different stage of life. And always know that, you know, you should be diversified. Make sure that your risk level, even when greediness likes to set in, where are you at and how does it look for the retirement future? For younger investors, they're at a different stage of life. So we have a different discussion with that. So always be cautious, be balanced, and uh, we stress to our uh, clients' portfolios to make sure that there's expectations and there's no surprises. Okay. Now, this tax cut proposal, um, <laughs> you know, I, I've been reading up on it, and it, it seems like it's all over the map. It's it's changing. There are handwritten notes in the margins. Uh, so it seems it does look like the corporate tax rate is being cut dramatically down to 20%, and that is a huge deal. How how it affects people and individuals um, is muddied between these different proposals. Have you had a chance to look at it and, and or, or get and read anything about it? And what's your initial take? And do you think this is one of the reasons that the, that we did hit another record? Oh, I think it's probably the biggest reason we hit another record. In fact, there's lots of variables to that, but just the you know psychological factor that people think, wow, Congress is actually going to get something done. <laughs> which well, is amazing. It looks like they are. I mean, it hasn't happened yet, and it does have to go to a conference committee. Yeah, but they're really, really close. The House and Senate are really close to reconciling. Now, could there be some, you know, changes at the very end? There certainly could be. But uh, the corporate profits, that's given Wall Street a lot of uh, optimism. As far as the personal tax side of things, uh, with the uh, tax brackets from 7 to 4 and the, the amounts, uh, it's going to affect everybody differently. Now, you asked, have I read read through it? Not all 500 pages yet. Not quite yet. <laughs> well, that's, yeah, that's what uh, some of the... Certainly Democrats, including uh, I saw Senator Amy Klobuchar uh, on Twitter and social media saying, I need more time to read the 500 pages because of, of those <laughs> notes. Um, I, I did see um, I, I did see different versions. I thought one version still had the seven brackets, but the, I'm, I may be outdated and haven't, haven't gotten past page 30. Uh, but but it, it's your understanding that it's going down to four brackets? One, the, one says four. The other, that's one of the things they have to reconcile. Um, one of the things that I think a lot of people were concerned about was was the home uh, mortgage interest deduction uh, and, and property tax deductions and deductions for, for college loans, all of those things, which it seems to me would affect people perhaps in, 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 in deductions for, for state income tax. It, it, this this could hit a lot of people in Minnesota adversely, but, but what, what is your take? Well, there's no doubt if they do take that away, it will affect those on both sides on each side of the coast, Minnesota, those that have different taxation, of course. Uh, there were some details that were taken out and put in late last night. Uh, the proof is in the details, and when it's all said and done, uh, we'll know. But uh, that will affect people drastically, and it's going to affect what I saw last week is just the discussions I had with clients, is especially seniors, when the uh, the exemptions and so forth. It was it was positive as far as that doubling the deductions, uh, but there's going to be people people that it, it affects the wrong way, and it's just difficult to appease everybody. Right, and, and I think that's one of the things. And I, I mean, and obviously you're you're somebody who's just trying to absorb it as well. I mean, I know that there's also been concern amongst uh, seniors about uh, the change in deduction for for sizable medical expenses. 
Uh, and again, this this is obviously a work in progress. But so you're you're one of those that, that feels firmly that this whole effort to get some kind of a tax cut through is something that is responsible for this continued surge. There's no doubt. I think it's the biggest one. Now, there's a lot of variables. You know, the business conditions are better, and there's better profits in the U.S. and worldwide. But I caution that because even though this is all good and the 24,000 miles, it's just wonderful. And, I, you know, I, I like to be realistic. The fact is that the political landscape, the business landscape, geopolitical, there's lots of variables that affect the market. We're up now. I hope it stays. But anybody that's been in the market knows that it's a cycle and always be aware of what's going on. And the overall cycle here, um, I wanted to ask you about um, – obviously, President Trump is somebody who can be very volatile. He will come out with policies and, and different um, statements on Twitter and at times the market – will respond to these kinds of things. Is it is it sort of more difficult to be in, in your shoes with, with the president that perhaps is not somebody you can kind of figure out what he's going to do from day to day? He is unpredictable. There's no doubt about it. What I know is prior to the election, many people said, well, if he gets in, everything's going to go bad. I know the S&P is up 18, 18% plus this year. Does it make it more difficult? In terms of the increase in, in, in you know, is there sort of, a limit to how high it can go, or is it, you know, just you just have to be kind of careful and, and watch? <laughs> you have to be watchful. I mean, how high can it go? Well, I hope it continues to go I'm high, sorry. but Do we have him? a lot of steps from this tax right. this tax thing, if it doesn't, doesn't get done, I was really worried. Now maybe it could go on a little longer. Of course, there's other variables that could affect that. In terms of the variables that you're watching or monitoring, um, what are the things that you personally are keeping an eye on? Well, you have to be watchful of any world affairs that are going on. Is as much as we love to be optimistic, North Korea being one. We know that any of those things, as they have in the past, can have a detriment on the way the markets react. Um, we've been there, done that. Now we can't live in fear, but at the same time, we have to be cognitive, be diversified, know where you're at. Limit the surprises, especially if you're close to retirement, uh, you're in a different stage of life. And it's been a long time since we've had it down. Okay. How about you? There are a lot of people who don't have their own personal investments, but they are in a 401k, which, of course, in most instances that, that I know of, and, and maybe I'm wrong, if you please correct me, is, is that sure. most companies that do have 401k plans do allow you to kind of you know, maneuver or, or, you know, have different options within them. What, what advice do you have for somebody uh, who is in a 401k plan? In a 401k or any of those employer-sponsored plans, uh, you have options. It may be a stable value. It might be different levels of risk. Consult with somebody that will help you in that area. And, of course, if you're over 59 and a half, government gives you options in 95% of those plans to go outside of the plan, even if you're still contributing. So know all your options because they're out there. And, and so what are the options if you're past 59 and a half? The government, most 95% of plans allow you to go outside of your plan to look for other investment opportunities that are not in your employer-sponsored plans because there's limitations. Oh, so that would still be considered a 401k? It would be rolled over to an IRA and maintain your 401k. It just gives you other investment options 
because you're closer to retirement, the federal government gives you that opportunity in almost all plans. Wow. Okay. I, I was not aware of that. I, I guess, I, you know, some of these things are so complicated and it looks, it looks like, you know, there's going to be a whole new set of rules, you know, coming down the pike. I mean, how long do you think it's going to be for people to really understand the implications if, in fact, this tax measure does go through? I mean, how long is it really going to take to get through the details or will it actually even take more than just weeks or months, maybe even a year or two to see the real implications? I think the latter, a year or two, obviously will ease into it. But thank goodness they just recently came out that whatever it is wasn't going to be retroactive to 2017. I don't know how they were going to pull that off. But uh, it's, going to time to, it's going to take time to work through the details. So um, I always encourage work with a professional, especially as it works as it relates to investments and tax planning. All right. Well, well good advice. We, we'll have to check that out and um... – uh, we'll see how how much higher it can go. I mean, uh, you know, it 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 doesn't seem to have any limit at this point. But uh, I know a lot of people are kind of holding their breath over that. So uh, as I as I am, as you are, okay, uh, Larry Kelvick, Thank you so much, the owner of Haven Financial Group. Um, we're going to take a quick break. You're listening to News Radio eight three zero W. It is seven forty eight in the Twin Cities. I apologize, Esme Murphy, with you until nine o'clock. Bit of a cold here, so um, probably hear that in my voice. And uh, if I turn off the mic and cough, hang in there. Um, but listen, uh, I, I'm following a really interesting story right now. We were chatting in the previous segment with Larry Kalavig from the uh, Haven Financial Group, and he was talking about how volatile the news cycle is and how that can, in fact, uh, affect the stock market. And there was a story that turned out to be wrong that was reported by ABC News uh, reporter Brian Ross who's pretty highly thought of in, in the terms of uh, being an investigative reporter and as a result of the story he reported the stock market fell 300 points after he reported this story and this is what he reported and he has now been suspended uh, Brian Ross, ABC News, Brian Ross has been suspended four weeks without pay for the botched uh, – this botched news report. This is the story that, that he reported. Um, it had to do with the Michael Flynn guilty plea. Uh, the former NSA uh, director, uh, top aide to Donald Trump in the inner circle with pre- – then candidate Trump and then the president. Uh, he pleads guilty – yesterday to one count of lying to federal investigators about uh, Russia contacts as a member of the Trump administration and also uh, in, during the campaign. And he, he acknowledged uh, – Michael Flynn acknowledged that he was going to be uh, cooperating with the special prosecutor, Robert Mueller, who was looking into uh, allegations of collusion between Candidate Trump, President Trump, the campaign, and the Russians. Well, Brian Ross's report, and and that's all accurate. That's what everybody's reporting. Brian Ross at ABC News took it a huge step further. He reported that his sources were telling him that the president or then candidate Donald Trump personally directed him to contact the Russians, which is – vastly different than somebody in the campaign telling him, you know, an, an aide saying, well, contact the Russians. And 
this was, you know, I remember Steve Simpson, uh, you know, who's was monitoring all, all the activities on social media, saw it very quickly when it first came out on ABC News uh, Politics on Twitter. And Steve was showed it to me. He said, wow, this, this is, you know, incredible. And I was filling in for John Hines. And so I actually said, you know, I talked about it um, on the John Hines show yesterday. And I said, you know, if this is true, this is an enormous deal that the president was personally directing these ties with Russia. And I said, I, I do have to tell you that nobody else is reporting it. Well, I guess it turns out the reason that nobody else was reporting it is that it apparently wasn't true. And uh, ABC News has uh, issued this correction, a correction of ABC News special report. Flynn prepared to testify that President-elect Donald Trump directed him to make contact with the Russians during the transition initially as a way to work together to fight ISIS in Syria. Uh, so they had to retract that and Brian Ross has been uh, in fact suspended for four weeks without pay. Uh, so that is really um, a remarkable story and I think it's just – and we've done these stories interviewing people who are media analysts. I, I, the pressure to get something, to get the scoop or to get it something first or, or to be ahead of the story is awfully high. And certainly at the network, obviously even more so. But the pressure ultimately is that you got to get it right. And so ABC News uh, paying a heavy price. And I'm sure that the uh, president, will, if he is not already, will weigh in on that. But uh, – that is a big change of events and certainly a distraction from what is clearly a very difficult story uh, for the White House and for the president. So that is something that uh, is still emerging. But that just came out this evening. They were suspending Brian Ross for four weeks without pay uh, because of that botch report. And coming up, I'm going to ask Professor David Schultz uh, about that. Uh, he will uh, certainly have his own analysis, his take uh, – that being said, obviously the Brian Ross version was far more serious than the actual allegations themselves, which is uh, – those are pretty serious as well. And I think it's fair to say that the White House has to be extremely concerned. There are numerous reports that nobody is denying that in fact it was Jared Kushner, the president's son-in-law, Ivanka Trump's husband, who had directed uh, Mr. Flynn to contact the Russians. And so that would put certainly – Mr. Kushner, Jared Kushner, in jeopardy, but that's a, a, a far cry from having the president directly ask Mr. Flynn to do that. So we'll, 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 we'll sort that out with Professor David Schultz. I also will ask him about the fallout uh, with the continued sexual assault revelations. Uh, another woman has come forward against Al Franken. Uh, this woman was a, a captain in the uh, military. She alleged that in 2003, before Senator Franken was a senator. He was not a senator until actually 2009 because of that long recount. She is alleging and actually alleged very tearfully in one of Sloan um, – in a WCCO-TV interview that uh, the president – that Senator Franken or then comedian Franken uh, touched her breasts and held his hand over her breast and she was very emotional about it. Uh, she also said she didn't want him to lose his job, which is interesting that there are a number of – these women that have come forward who have said they don't want the Senator Franken to lose his job. Certainly Leanne Tweeden said that. Now this woman, uh, the latest to come forward, is also saying that uh, as well. 
Uh, also want to invite you to tune in to uh, WCCO-TV Sunday morning. Um, we will be uh, on at 6 a.m. and 10.30 a.m. with Micah Gustinak. Uh, Matt Dean is the individual, uh, the state representative who won that straw poll uh, for the GOP uh, at the GOP convention up in Brainerd this weekend, which is a, a big deal. It's not a definitive uh, thing, but he, he came out in first. So obviously the governor's race is moving forward. Uh, Representative Erin Murphy, who's on the DFL side, will be on. I was interested in talking to her because she's actually one of the one of two candidates for governor, DFL candidates for governor, who says that uh, we um, uh, who said that uh, Senator Franken should in fact resign. And I do want to ask, what is our IQ, Jonathan? Because uh, okay, is it sixty-seven? Oh, okay, I, sorry, a little confusion here. Sorry. Um, Anyway, so she's one of the people that has asked uh, Senator Franken to resign. She is one of only two people, two Democrats who have asked him to resign. And then also I will be talking with Linda Lawrenson, uh, who is the chief strategy officer for the Alzheimer's Association of Minnesota. And she will be um, talking about uh, some of the latest advances in terms of diagnoses and also treatment uh, for Alzheimer's, uh, as well as what families and caregivers need to know. It is something that obviously a lot of people affects so many people. One out of three people over 85 has Alzheimer's and we'll talk about that. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact. So jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.